Hey guys, I'm Nicolette with Insomnia Cat, and today Brian and I are here with Stephen Georgella. He is the founder of Fountain Forward, but he also does a whole lot of other stuff, sales, uh, we're not going to use the word entrepreneur, but uh, all, kind, <laughs> all kinds of other things. Hello, Stephen, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Stephen, for those of us who don't uh, know you and what you do, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company? Sure. Companies. Um, yeah. So Fountain Forward, uh, the easiest description for Fountain Forward is we, uh, I, I didn't necessarily, and by the way, I just realized I have a heater on. I'm not going to overheat in this podcast. Uh, so <laughs> I, I technically went to school for hospitality. Uh, I was in the golf industry and uh, the long story short is, is I kept playing golf with uh, business owners that were complaining over and over about marketing uh, most of the time on the communication side. And so I started one at a time doing like these, um, I had a one client for $250 a month was my first client. I was doing social for them, trying to create context with customers. And that became another one and another one. And so we have this firm that basically we have subject matter experts uh, across all the major areas from uh, media buying, di digital and traditional, all the way to um, experiential, et cetera. And so uh, we work with small businesses instead of you having an internal marketing team. Uh, you have a team of subject matter experts. You play a flat retainer no matter what. And um, uh, we just help solve your problems uh, for cheaper. That's our, that's our goal as a, as a firm. That's what Fountain Forward does. And I just, I'm the, probably the, the head problem solver. I just, uh, just kind of dive into what the business has going on, uh, try to write a strategy, and then our team implements it. And that's kind of my role. That's there a title for you, Stephen. Head right. problem solver. There you go. You, you nailed it. There we go. Now I have a title. <laughs> so recently, you were um, you were actually on another podcast, and we came across that we, we saw you were talking about superpowers a little bit, and that, you know that's a really cool thing. I mean, my son thinks I'm Wonder Woman, but you know, what, let's you know, for, as far as superpowers go, you know, do you kind of think everybody's got their own superpower? You know, and what's yours? Uh, sure. <clears throat> so, uh, so going back to like the reference of the superpower thing, the main, uh, the main explanation that I have with that is from somebody that was propelled through business from insecurity, uh, whether it was, I was trying to please other people, or I just always wanted to be more than maybe even I thought I could be, uh, finding out that, um, I, I, I knew I had ADHD, uh, just because of, researching and then also like what I had been quote, I don't want to use these a lot diagnosed with, uh, but I didn't realize that there was something else uh, wrong. And then after documenting it over and over and over, I, I knew, uh, I knew that there was something else going on. And so then discovering talking to, for me, I always like to get like 80 opinions on something. Cause I have a, that whole affirmation moving from hypothesis to like, this is an objective uh, opinion is a very, there's a big gap there. So I went and talked to a bunch of um, psychiatrists after talking to a bunch of therapists throughout my years and like having them look at me and be like, all right, cool. This is what mania is. Your body is manic pretty much at all times. You are choosing to use it for good most of the time, but here's the bad side. Uh, with business, the reason why it's successful is because you use your mania to go solve problems. You're moving so fast. You can do 16 hours a day like nothing because if you're, when you're sleeping, your body is like in full recovery mode because when you wake up, your mania starts. Basically just the engine's going, there's one throttle and it's, you know, it's, it's full throttle. And so understanding that, then all of a sudden I started to have like my own 
going through like a personal bout of, of, um, of failing with my mental health, um, then having some bad things happen, I was like, okay, cool. So there's drugs I can go with over here. This is how they affect my body. Uh, and there's the kind of the more holistic approach, which is more sleep, more exercise, better eating, et cetera, et cetera. The discussion that I had with Peter Shankman was, I have always been so afraid of being bipolar two. That's truly what I have. If you look at it, it's clear cut. I have mania. I am never in the middle. I am either scaling upwards and I'm higher than a normal human would be, or I'm scaling downwards and I'm lower than a normal human would be. And it's never in the middle. I am just constantly going one of the two ways. Uh, how did I use that to do good now that I have, maybe I was intuitively doing good beforehand, but now that I know what I have and I know how I can use it in the best way possible, how can I use my vulnerable, how can I be vulnerable, tell that story, and then let others know that like all the negative things about bipolar, which is like, oh gosh, going on wicked feedback loops when I cannot get somebody to like understand what I'm saying and I'm going faster and faster. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm becoming very rude, like very rude. And it's you that's not understanding. And realistically, it's, it's me. I just can't get you to get in my brain at that moment. I can't weigh the thoughts correctly. So I'm now, I mean, I don't know what language I can use on here, but I'm an asshole across the board. Yeah, so, you can use asshole. You like that oh, word? Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, we like I use a lot. Of, yeah, I use a lot, a lot of words. So, uh, okay. Now I now I understand. Okay, um, I can catch myself in a feedback loop. I can, you know, and by doing this, I become a better leader. I can have less of this self worth issue, which was, man, at any moment during any day, I could go on this feedback loop, and anybody that's in the room with me could be like, dude, this dude's got some issues and so on that podcast i i basically talked to peter about like hey i'm gonna use this as a superpower because it is i went from nothing to something because of this um and i'm now not going to be as afraid i still have issues with it but as afraid to um to just focus on the good parts about it and realize that the bad parts as long as i can keep them in in check um i'll i'll be okay if that all makes sense. That was a long it did. round. But. It did. It did. Now, and, and there's a lot of meaning to what you say, you know, so when we talk about meaning, um, you also focus a lot on just to shift over for one second to marketing. You you talk a lot about the why, you know, um, in marketing. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, our personal why, you know, our company's why. Uh, we've been talking to other guests about, you know, the why they do what they do. But, you know, you know, what if, why is it so important for you as a marketer, you know, to help and, and just, you know, in your business overall to help people discover their why, you know, what, what is that connection there for you? For sure. Uh, so for me specifically, I'll go to, this is more, and again, there's just no master plan. This is more just intuitive stuff that had happened. And now I have a conceptualization of what has happened. Uh, for me as a person with, that is manic, that would also mean that I'm very uh, sensitive right? So what I never knew was as I was intuitively uh, being very vulnerable and getting to the nuts and bolts with guys that are normally extremely, <coughs> excuse me, extremely hard to crack. Didn't know that, just knew that like I saw a guy and I could feel like, or, or, or a woman, I could feel like, man, I, if I could get to this layer, and again, it's all intuitive, I don't really know. If I could get to this layer, I could probably get to the cause of the cause of why they do what they do 
uh, why they're in this business, whatever it is. And if I understood that and I saw the way they see things, because if I could be sensitive enough, I could go on their side and see the way they see things. Then at that level, I could probably help them acquire more customers because just because they are going to tell me, oh, Steven, yes, um, just so you know, I believe that we are like this and this is how we deal with our customers and I believe they come to us for this and this and this. Just because that's their perception doesn't mean it's their customer's perception and maybe they have a facade. Maybe they want to be like this, but their customers don't really see them as this and as you guys know, perception's reality. So kind of getting to that, using my natural attribute to get to their why cause this deeper connection so that we didn't uh we don't we don't have a super high attrition rate which is really nice because we're deep in there it takes longer to set up obviously uh and then we just get better results from the marketing because we're like revealing this unique selling proposition that maybe even the business owner didn't realize was there because i don't know maybe because they didn't understand how positioning works which is a reason they would call us anyways so the why just coming from this more uh emotional side of the business uh maybe uh i guess a more sensitive side of the business seeing that you know we try to separate business and personal actually marcus sheridan did a little article about this the other day we try to separate them they're actually the same it just do you choose to put them do you choose to put them uh do you choose to reveal them or not i think is where the why uh there's a lot of a lot of really positive things in just like revealing like the candor part of your business and that becoming your marketing plan Right. How, how close do you think the why is associated with like, you know, the origin story of a company? I don't think a lot of people know that that's what's happening, but I do think like <laughs> how many people like, uh, okay. So I always prefer to use examples. So let's look at like the mortgage industry. Do I think a lot of people work in the mortgage industry to connect people to the American <laughs> dream? I, 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 I call bullshit. I have dealt with a, we had a, a, a three and a half billion dollar mortgage client for a three year period. I learned a lot. Uh, I see a lot of people wanting capitalism, right? And, and fitting in a really, really rigid, rigid, um, a rigid framework where it's like, well, you follow these rules or you go to jail or you lose your license. And if you do a really good job with relationships, you could close a lot of mortgages and or uh, real estate deals. So like, um, I think, think that there are industries that uh, more of the industry is about the uh, accumulation of dollars. But I think that especially when it comes down to the backbone of America, which would be like these small businesses between 250,000 and a million dollars. I think like that why intuitively is like the core of most of the good ones that stay around for a while, because those are the only ones that can actually handle like the right hook, left hook, Mm -hmm fallout because at the end of the day like they weren't really chasing the money they were like ah uh this really hurts but i get to go back to this eventually so i'm going to keep pressing on which i mean i guess is kind of the game of the people that make it through they get knocked down they kind of find a little bit of light there and then they go towards it and so (laughs) it's directly correlated to the ones that stick around for a while we're we're, we're laughing because we we had that discussion with someone (laughs) earlier today (laughs) one of our other guests about getting up after knockdowns yeah i really i I have definitely come to the come to the uh the conclusion that that is the only there's like this resourceful game the care and compassion game and then this like unrelenting ability to take a blow and um wow it's just interesting because you don't know when they're coming and you also don't know the form that they're coming in so when they come in in a totally different form 
like human capital, losing that or losing a client or having a problem. Mm -hmm. Like they come in such weird forms that the blows don't actually seem like blows. So you can't educate people on that. You just say, keep going. Right. right. It's, it's like, how much tenacity do you have? Right. You know, how, how, how far are you right. going to go? It's not like triggered. It's not just like set up for you. It's not just like, Hey, just, so you know, the blow's coming and it's going to come in this form. It like, sometimes it's like, man, this day was really bad. And then all of a sudden it goes, I can't get worse. And it does. And like, and like because you had an expectation, like that blow was the blow. And it's more came. Now you're like, Oh man, maybe I shouldn't do this. Yeah. And, and then it, as long as you don't say no, you usually win. Right. And to your point earlier, you know, this doesn't just happen with individuals. It even happens with companies. You know, companies even experience those same, those same setbacks or those blows, you know, and then same thing. How are they going to handle it? Well, and like how much time do you spend understanding the cause of that blow? Yeah. I thought that like, I think that that's the most interesting thing is like, is like, do you go on defense or do you take like a pragmatic view of like how, the dude just left hooked you like did you have your hands down did you get too close to him were you leaving that side open over and over and over did you take a swing and then you were like ah you missed it as you turned they came in like i i I don't see enough business owners spending enough time on that so like i wonder like are those the ones that will live the ones that will live i think take more time to figure out how the l actually happened versus like just specifically being able to take the L because, you know, preventing an L is kind of like a W. Yeah, it's, it's true too. It's true. It's true. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a longtime jujitsu practitioner and, and we talk about a lot of times, um, you know, defensive jujitsu. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, you got to be good at defensive jujitsu, not just offensive jujitsu. I think, yeah, a, so it's, I think a great one with the fighting thing is like, all right, so cool. So just to be clear, if I let you keep taking blows at me this whole round, next round, if I, if I take, if I'm just saving my energy and I'm blocking, I'm getting a, only a 10% penetration and the other 90%, you are just wasting your energy. I got a yep. pretty high propensity to kick your ass the next round. It's true. You're it's gassed, true. Right. So yeah, yeah. The value of defense for sure. Or the, the value of not being overly aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this kind of leads to one of the other things we, uh, we were thinking about, and that's kind of the, you know, challenges. So, you know, as a business owner and, you know, a, a marketing professional, I'm sure, you know, and, and, you know, you, you bring up before, you know, even dealing with bipolar, you know, as a human on the human side, not just the professional side. Right. So how, I mean, these challenges, how do you kind of overcome all of those challenges together? Like, having a business, you know, struggling with your own personal issues, you know, dealing with, you know, all of that and marketing challenges, you know, just regular old marketing challenges, you know, what are some of those, um, what are some of the, the most uh, important ones that you've experienced? Uh, yeah. So, okay. So f- trying to make them succinct, which I'm not good at, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> so the first one would be um, like, <clears throat> coming to terms with the fact that as long as I was a volatile person uh, interpersonally, that that was always going to bleed into my business. Uh, Actually, it was going to uh, infiltrate my business. So as soon as I became more sound mentally, and when I say sound, self-aware of when I'm um, like, I have so much like, I knock on wood. I, I believe I have enough vulnerability with my team right now to let them know that like, when I go back to back to back to back to back, in meetings, um, especially if I've been like scaling up for a while or scaling down, 
uh, I'm going to need an absolute break for a minute and being confident enough to go, guys, if you give me 20 minutes to go do breathing exercises, I can come back and I can give you more. Um, uh, having that self-awareness gave me a better relationship with my team because now my volatility dropped 600% and my volatility was destroying my human capital, destroying it. So, and obviously that didn't come in a nice letter that came in having an employee walk in and tell me to pound sand that, and they were one of my best employees and, and other things like that. Like that's the stories they don't tell you like mm -hmm. that happened at multiple levels. So that would be the first like great challenge would be understanding that if I don't get a hold of my mental health and when I say a hold a practical understanding of how to handle me uh, that they will never be, our culture will never be as good as it possibly could be. And then uh, probably like my biggest, like, I'm going to knock on wood again. Uh, my fiscal responsibility, my ability to be fiscally responsible crushed everything, trumped all. Uh, by me being so fiscally responsible, I can, I've been able to take some wacky blows, like finding out that an ad spend stayed on for a 45 day process at $600 per day to a client that was no longer with us. Bet you wow. can guess how much money I got back on that. Right? Yeah. Like how many people how many people can take a $20,000 oh <laughs> how many people can take a $20,000 cash blow and not even blink. Now, did I have an absolute breakdown? Yeah, cuz like you can't be a tight ass, lose 25 grand and then after everything was done between lawyer fees blah blah, blah and like cuz we tried to get the money back. But like you can't lose 25 grand as a tightwad and not just be absolutely destroyed. Right? <laughs> but because I did all those small actions over and over to save all my money, I honestly was like this hmm, blip on the radar. Right. So wasn't really a challenge, but it was more of just like a, how I, you know, when you hear that most businesses break because of money, well, now you find out that you being a you know, fiscally responsible individual, you know, you know, we grew a bunch this year as a business at Fountain Forward. We grew bigger than we ever have. Uh, I made 80% less money than I ever have. And all my money came from my real estate company. Like if I didn't, if I didn't guess in the future that my agency would eventually need the money and mm -hmm. go invest all my money and build a commercial real estate company, I would be in a really, I'd be, I'd be real anxious right now. But because I did, <laughs> that, because I did. So, so anyway, so that challenge was the, the financial side. And then um, uh, finally hiring a, a COO, hiring uh, somebody that has, that lives here, um, hangs out here, is stubborn enough to tell me to pound sand, um, is stubborn enough to dig their heels in and let me know that I am tripping. Uh, hiring Jeff was the biggest move of my career. Uh, and like, because, because I was just turning, I would get to a certain level of my business uh, and I would, then I would also just turn employees I had no standard operating procedures. I, I had no, I was just like, dude, I am so good at like caring. And like, I work so hard. I'm good. And then I read the book built to sell. And I talked to some buddies and they're like, dude, what you have is not sellable. It's trash. And you're really good at relationships, but it's not worth shit to anybody else. And I was like, man, maybe I should prove that I'm better than this. So those are my three kind of challenges of like the self-awareness, realizing like the fiscal side can never leave me. And then like 
I guess it does play with number one, which is the self-awareness, realizing that like I myself was never going to get Fountain forward to the level that it needed to, uh, to, to, to get to. I, I, was, I was not that guy. So Stephen, I want, originally I, I wanted to bring up uh, some of this real estate investment, you know, but I, I do want to save a minute to kind of go back to, um, go back to bipolar, you know, because you and I were, we were talking before, um, before this, and uh, I think it's important to kind of share that message as well. Um, but very, very quickly, do you, um, how did you get involved with real estate? And, you know, how does that, you know, what kind of, uh, what kind of path took you there? And, you know, do you have any advice for anybody who's kind of like playing with that in their head? Yeah, uh, for sure. So uh, curiosity, I've always had it. I am always looking for my next thing. So that was just something that's in me um, is like, I believe I'm smart enough. I, <clears throat> I'm good with relationships. I am totally not afraid to assert myself. So I will stand in the middle of all the rich dudes that are not talking to me. And I'd be like, hey guys, so here's the deal. Totally interrupting you, apologize but kind of don't apologize. Uh, I just want to know some of the stuff that you guys are doing uh, because maybe I can provide value or maybe I could be an investor someday. I have money. And so like doing that was how it started. Um, I met an awesome dude named, um, named Cameron Ross. Um, Cameron was a uh, savant, a true savant. Uh, he, was, um, <clears throat> he was an underwriter for a private equity firm. Uh, never lost investor capital through $300 million in deals. Um, and uh, man, we just hit it off. He, uh, he, he could just literally underwrite a deal better than a banker. And we actually had bankers call us and say, who did this? And it was this early 20s kid who was a true savant. And uh, I was like, hey, bro, I will listen. I will learn. I will put the time in. Uh, let's make sure we get along first, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, yeah, we just, we, for, I'm going to use this reference. We put our balls in the line. And so we, uh, we set our numbers. We underwrote, underwrote, underwrote until we hit our numbers. We bought our first apartment complex with, uh, with uh, 42 kids in it, uh, student housing. And then we bought our next commercial deals. And then we bought our next commercial deals. And it's not a super big firm. It's, uh, you know, we probably have $4 million in real estate and uh, four or 5 million. And, uh, but like we did, like we executed, like we, like, this is practical. This is where we should be at. Like I found this subject matter expert. I added my, Hey, I'll find bankers. I'll do this relationship thing. You just tell me what to look for. Um, and man, it, it, it just came, we just took a shot. And like, obviously I had the guy, right? So like I had the guy, like he met with like bankers that had been in for 30 years and the bankers are like, dude, this, like you get it. Like you are quick, you are smart. You, he asked the right questions. Um, so yeah, so I had the subject matter expert plus me who was definitely, I knew that Fountain Forward would be volatile eventually. And I was like, if I save, 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 I could do this and this would be like my, this, my hedge. This is my hedge. So that's, right. it's really just a, it's a, it's a try. It's try. Right. And, and what's good is you didn't overthink it. You, you figured out what you wanted. You, you got your information and then you went and you did. We see so many people procrastinate on things that they really want to do and you know, because they're afraid of, you know, we talk about this all the time, they're afraid of the risk or they're afraid of failure, you know, and you, you can't be when you're, when you're looking at big things like that. And that's, that's great to hear. That's great well, to hear your and story. Free, and like the freezing and failure, like, here's the crazy part about it. Like, you're talking about one of the most insecure human beings you'll ever meet. I am terrified of my own shadow, but I have just like this, like, call it the mania. I have this like fireball right here. And I'm like, why the hell can Billy Bob do this? Like, <laughs> 
you gotta remember like there are people making money right now they're doing it right now so like if i if i can be shot and die just like he can be shot and die, like well we're just the same like so you're telling me i'm a i'm a decision away from doing that so i'm like well i'll find the guy so that was kind of my security blanket and i'm like all right cool well worst case scenario i won't be 90 look back and go i never shot and so like yeah exactly, shoot, shoot or shoot and like the whole like you talked about with the um the perfection thing it is a massive shadow of insecurity the perfection oh, i'm waiting for the right deal i'm waiting for this, waiting for this. <laughs> there's a difference between you're never actually going to do it because you're a you know what or you're you you set your numbers i want to get a 15 cash on cash i want to get a cap rate of this i want to spend this amount of money and setting those rigid uh expectations and then pulling the trigger eventually there's a totally difference between oh i'm just waiting for the perfect time you're never going to do it you're a loser <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. All right. So, just in the interest of time, I want to. I, I do. Like I said, I want to go back to um, you know. Talk to us about being a business owner. Um, you know, with with um with bipolar disorder. You know, I I think you know it's really awesome to come out and talk about this because I'm sure there are a lot of people. Whatever it is, you know, maybe they have something else and and they don't. You know, they don't ever talk about it. You know. For sure. And I think like, and speaking candidly, I think what a very interesting thing right there is like when you were about to mention it, your stutter and your apprehension, even saying it the way it's said, that's like, that's a societal mm -hmm. issue. And that's not your fault. That's a societal issue. Like, I don't even know how to talk about like, like, I don't even try, I try to say like, it's not even bipolar. I just try to tell people that I'm manic. And basically like, I try to explain to them like a yo-yo, I'm just wound all the time. And like, I don't go like, and I just kind of go down and up and like, I'm just wound. But like the fact well, that like, go ahead. Quite frankly, Stephen, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, I've never actually met anybody who, you know, is diagnosed. I'm sitting here going, this might be me, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, you know, like I've never spoken to, you only see it in the movies. And I'm like, oh, fuck, right. you know? I'm like, I'm like, it's like, right. Like, it's, it's like, well, like I, I use the stigma. It's like some of one of the things <clears throat> I'm coming off pneumonia. So that's why I'm coughing um, <clears throat> without making this too long of a rant. Cause you can obviously tell that I can rant. Uh, like knowing that there's, that there's like the, the, the leading mental health organizations in America are, um, are, are funded by big pharma, right? Like that in and of itself is a destructive scenario and knowing that like it's one in five and stop the stigma. As soon as you talk about, and, and Eric Cusin, the founder of We Are All a Little Crazy, will love when he watches this and hears me talk about this. Like, as soon as you say one in five, those four and five are now incapable of having a mental health issue. Like, I love using the F word. I won't use it on this. F that, okay? Like, you just yeah, literally you. have. <laughs> I already did, so well, sorry. Like, you just, okay, that's fair. That's good. That's good. Like, you just segmented the other four people and you've put the one person by themselves. Well, I talk about it like on the, on the We're All Little Crazy website. And like, the reason why same here means what same here is, is like when, when Nick, it's Nicolette, right? Nicolette, when you lose a loved one, when you have a surgery, when, when tra trauma happens, a chemical. A, a chemical reaction happens in your body. You can have brain swelling. You have like PTSD. As soon as you pay t say PTSD, you think about military, post-traumatic stress disorder, post-trauma, something bad happened. Okay. So like for me in my life, one of my closest friends and the only business partner I've ever had in my entire life, he was the one keeping me alive. He killed himself. Uh, that's trauma. Shit happened. 
So did I just become the one in five? Did, did my bipolar that I already had before, was I already the one in five? No, I'm on a scale, okay? Everybody's on this spectrum. And who am I to tell you, Nicola, I don't know what's going on in your life, but if your father passed and you never acknowledged it, um, just as plaque builds up in your arteries, the exact same thing happens with the leader of your central nervous system, your brain. But for some reason, because we don't understand it, that means we can't talk about it because we don't have an objective answer to it. Uh, as a business owner, I've used mania and insecurity and compassion to build a really cool thing that I never thought I could have done. And who am I now that I've understood it and now that I'm meeting with really smart doctors like Dr. Andrew Pleener and like really, really smart medical doctors that understand the brain, well, shouldn't I probably tell other business owners that, you know, just so you know, to be a business owner and stay in business for a long time, you usually got to be a little bit fucked up. Okay. You got to have a couple of <laughs> issues. Okay. And so why don't you reveal those and let's try to find the positive side of them because just so you know, all of your team members and all of the uh, all the people that work for you, they usually just see you as a superhero and that's how you're portrayed in movies and in the media. So like you see how that thing all fits together with like it's five and five. Uh, it's a perception thing. Like how do you mentally want to think about what your attributes are versus the things you suck at? Uh, and like if you're a business owner, like what I'm doing with like that organization is, is I'm heading up this thing called Same Here CEO where we're going to ask CEOs to do empathy and vulnerability training and do these meetings with everybody and talk about like, this is what's causing me to be like this. I have panic. I mean, how many times does panic disorder come out with people that are successful? No wonder they're successful. They're literally like, I'm falling behind. 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 Like how natural is that to talk about? That is, that is a cause and effect that you could totally see. Right. So like, like, look how manic I am right now. I'm passionate. Like people see it as passion. No, I'm manic about this current topic. I'm clearly like feel as if it's not being talked about correctly. So like, yeah, my message to the business owners are the majority of us are messed up and messed up is an understanding of, well, you probably used it for the positive side, not the negative side. And our subordinates and the people that work on our teams realistically, the more they understand you, the closer your culture will be. So why don't you just come out with it, realize that you being vulnerable, they're not going to take advantage of you. They're actually going to become closer to you. And uh, at the end of the day, you'll feel less pressure on you because you're actually revealing who you really are. And that's my rant. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, Brian, am I forgetting anything? Uh, I know. I, I, I think I think you're good. Um, Stephen, can you tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit more about where uh, people can find more information about you? Sure. Uh, as 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 any good uh, good ADHD person, Jordella.com uh, <laughs> is technically my website that is like constantly under construction and probably goes to nowhere right now. Uh, <laughs> it is, actually does have a new layout that's coming, so that should be up soon. But if you just look up Stephen Jordella, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, like Facebook, et cetera. I have content that comes on a regular basis. I, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, and, and if you have questions on it and you're like afraid to like talk to somebody about it, like I talk to everybody that wants to talk about like <laughs> mental health. I will so, talk to anyone. <laughs> I will. Like if you want to talk, well, especially about the mental health thing, like I will give you extremely blunt feedback. And uh, if you're like literally wasting my time because 
you can't like be self-aware. I'm the perfect person to talk to because I'll slam you. And then <laughs> three months later, when you want to listen to it, you'll be like, man, you were right. And I'll be like, ah, I do the same thing to myself. So don't worry. So anyway, <laughs> you can look me up, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, wherever. And uh, I'd be glad to help.